Hey there, friends. It's your buddy Chris here with another episode of Until You Make It, featuring our very special guest and very close friend, Miss Natalie Laspisa. It's so funny because Natalie has been our friend for like six or seven years, helps us with all of our films. We were like, Natalie, you've never been on the show. You got to come on the show. And she did. And it was great. So enjoy. And I will catch you guys later. Like, I wouldn't make fun of your appearance saying, I wouldn't say your ears are too big. Right. Like, I wouldn't say that to you out loud. That's not true. Ladies I, and, I never and spentlemen. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Howdy ho, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My name is Chris, and this is Until You Make It. Here today with me, as usual, Mr. Michael. And Mike, who do we have as our special guest today? Where? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's spooky. I'm sorry. She'll I didn't know. You. I thought I was, I thought I was sitting It's because she wears all black. Well... Wow, that's so funny you're here. <laughs> Our guest today is a former cat from the 1500s. After being entangled in a love triangle between a wizard and a prince, she was granted her freedom. However, due to a horrible disfigurement, she has since worked behind the scenes with us at Helium Turtle Studios as a writer, producer, director, and actor. And today we have taken off her paper bag. And for the first time ever, folks, we welcome her as a guest on our show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to let the cat out of the bag. Give a warm welcome to Miss Natalie Laspisa. I got you. Very creative introduction. Took me two weeks to write that. Two whole weeks. Wow. Amazing. Chris, thank you for letting me be here today. I'm very excited to join the podcast. My pleasure, dude. Natalie's been our good friend for going on seven, eight years, something like that. Mike, you've known Natalie a little bit longer than I have. You guys met in college, yeah? Yeah, we did actually on the set of a student film. Our our lips locked and then the rest is history. Oh, that's right. I forgot the very first film you guys did. You're both acting. The first time we ever met each other, yeah. Yeah. And the very first time you met each other was, had a kissing scene? Yeah. For a student film for like a class wasn't even like going anywhere how long of a kiss it was two, pretty two, long too long oh I thought it was too long no two to three takes of a makeout. <laughs> wow yeah it was it was a lot very exciting so you'd say that's like a, a fiery start to your <laughs> your friendship <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a unique start to Definitely. our friendship that's for uh, sure well anyway Natalie you dabble in all kinds of things uh, mostly related to the arts mm-hmm. design photography drawing you were telling me about um what's like what's your main passion would you say or do you just kind of do it all i i will say i am afflicted by having too many hobbies and interests all revolving around creative things but i would say of all of them photography is my biggest passion it's something i constantly turn to i've been doing it for a very long time and it, it brings me a lot of joy yeah i mean we were just saying before how much of an eye you have you know i feel like you know, Mike, you know, when, when we meet people, you can tell when they have like a really good eye for, um, for lighting, for angles, um, for just having a clear vision of like what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, having a clear eye, but that also Natalie has a clear vision on other stuff as well with when it came, when it comes to uh, co-directing or co-writing on something, um, it's really nice to have a partner who could, is, could, I guess, be decisive or also ex- know exactly what she's looking for out of something and then that helps us arrive together at whatever the 
issue is that we're, we're facing when we're, we're it's a writing thing and we're struggling to figure out story or meaning or purpose or character, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I would say that that's why I think all of us work really well together because we all have an eye for these things and vision. And I mean, I love working with you guys because you're so talented and I learn a lot from you, but it feels very much like a team effort whenever we're working on stuff. I'll, I'll That's ask. where we're going to end today's show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, Natalie. That's actually it. I mean, it's very quick. I'll go back to that question I was trying to form. Natalie, I introduced you before as producer, writer, director, actor, working with us. And, but that's not all you do. Unlike us, you technically don't do that stuff full time. Um, and I think it's important for people to understand and know not just like what it is you do, but understand your work, life, hobby, passion, balance, because you basically do do this stuff full time. You, we've co-directed something together. We co-written multiple things together. You, you act it and have starred in things that we have done. So how do you balance your corporate nine to five job with doing this at the same time? That is a great question. And I will say that I, I often struggle with it. And I think it's more of like a energy thing because I love doing all the stuff with Helium Turtles and, and other projects that we work on. So I basically just have to make the time for it. But when you're working a job during the day full time, that's also creative, even though it isn't a corporate setting. It is creative. I'm a user experience designer. It's pretty draining to then come home and do more creative things so I do struggle sometimes like you'll ask me like day of like hey do you want to write later and I'm like no I don't because I'm just so drained by I'm the end spontaneous. of the day he is very spontaneous and I do appreciate that about you it just sometimes it doesn't mesh well with already having worked like a full day trying to be creative and using my brain to solve really annoying complex problems like it's just can be too much sometimes but that's interesting I wonder do you think do you think be it, say you didn't have a creative nine to five job. Do you think, is it really just that creative brain, creative part of you that just feels drained at the end of the day? Cause you know, obviously you don't have like a physical labor kind of job or, you know, I think it's, it's, I would be a different kind of drained. I think if I was doing a different thing, nine to five, I think anytime you have a full-time job that you're also trying to pursue passions and hobbies outside of that, you're going to be tired because if it's a physical job then you're gonna be physically tired and you're not gonna be up to doing stuff if it's a creative job then you you're using those creative muscles all day and then you're tired and doing that after work is a lot if you're doing a mindless kind of job during the day it still requires thought and energy so it's i think either way you, you slice it it's just not ideal to be doing a nine-to-five job and then also doing this stuff outside of work yeah whenever <laughs> whenever we talk about you we just talk about how hard you work man Oh, like, oh, seriously. Yeah. Like, that's so nice. Well, I mean, I don't know how you have the, the energy for stuff outside of work because when I was working full time, I tell people all the time, um, you, you guys know I write music and I play mm -hmm. guitar and stuff like that. Um, I started writing songs in college and then I started working full time and there's no time for that stuff anymore. I would get home and I was just too tired. Mm -hmm. So for, for those three years I worked full time, I wasn't writing music and it like, it made me sad, you know? Yeah. And like, I wasn't getting creatively fulfilled from my job toward the end. And now that I'm uh, freelance full time, all that stuff came back. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone balances their life differently. You know, I think that's it interesting through, that you, yeah. you say that, though, because you and I were talking about this the other day, actually, that I don't feel like I do enough. Like I, f I feel like and I don't know if it's just 
because I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do. And by comparison, what I'm actually accomplishing of those things is not much. I feel like I'm never doing enough. And I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. You're preaching the choir. I think we we all feel feel the same way. Most creative people feel. I was just talking to Ryan about like imposter syndrome too and how how big of a thing that is. No, what we were talking about in the car was was just that how there's a there's a laundry list of things that I want to do. Even when it comes down to like, well, I need to redo my website. I need to make a reel for this. I need to I need to do this. I need to I need to get the the t-shirt and stuff going for for Exodus. I need to oh, I need to I need to work on Exodus. I need to mm-hmm. but I want to do th- I need to do this. And I need to, like there's so many things I need to do and feel like well, there's never enough. I'm never doing enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like this feeling in the, in the back of my mind or, or whatever that like, um, that I'm just not doing enough. It just keeps telling me I'm not, you gotta do more. You gotta do more. Do you think that that's just the nature of creatives in general? That's just how we operate that we, or like humanness too. I'm already on to the next, we're not even done with Exodus. I've been on to the next movie. Well, that's a very typical like thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we gotta keep, it's tough because we didn't even get done what we wanted to do today <laughs> on Exodus because we got fucking sidetracked because there's there's always this nagging feeling with the movie that we're currently working on that something still isn't right. And it, you're kind of locked in this thing in your head of like, do you leave it wrong and move on to the next thing and learn from that? Or can you come up with some magical solution that's going to make everything work. That's obviously a fantasy. You know, I don't think you're ever going to, nothing's ever going to be perfect. So that's kind of, that's kind of where we left today. Right. Whereas we were just talking about fixing this little narrative problem, jumping through hoops. And we said, you know, maybe, maybe it's just better to do what we can and not go crazy. I think sometimes that's all you can. Yeah. Kind of get to. That's all you can that. do. I mean, we're just looking at the, the fight choreography stuff again today. It's like, that's what people are going to see the movie for. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, we're kind of just like, however quickly we can get to that. And like, that's what people want to fucking see. And it's awesome. Like, ah, it's so good. You just made it even better with some of the editing tweaks you were doing. Yeah. The I can't ti- wait to see time remapping. Oh my God. It's so fucking smooth. <laughs> we love smooth. Yeah. It's so smooth. So anyway, we're really excited about that, but it's just the process is like when you're in uncharted territory like that, you're like, ah, what do you do? What do you do? You know? Well, we never actually, I don't think we've actually provided context on the podcast for Exodus. Uh, I did when you weren't here. <laughs> oh, my camera? My. This one? I don't know if you, wa- well, you obviously didn't watch that episode. <laughs> no, I guess Called I didn't. <laughs> Which episode? Uh, with Ryan when oh, he well, was that- on the ca- <laughs> Ryan, did you catch that? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't think that you would talk about the movie. Well, because he he had no idea what was going on, so I told him uh, back in August, I think, something like that. Oh, last August or this past no, August? No, this past August. Oh, so we were done filming. Maybe July or something like that. Yeah. Ooh, okay. We were done filming. Okay. Do you remember? I what? told him the breadth of what the movie's about? Or just like... No, just we, like how many days it took. Days? 40, 46. <laughs> 46 days. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, because yeah, Natalie was a part of that too. A big part. She was there. 
She I watched was present, little, not little for bit, all 46 days. She watched us succeed, there, but. and she watched us fail. Actually, technically, well, you <laughs> she watched us fail <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you weren't there for the 46 shoot days, no. but if you count the writing days, yeah. it definitely supersedes 46, probably. Tam, do you think? Possibly, because really we would write maybe once, yeah. sometimes twice a week. A yeah, week that's true. That's true. For a while. Evidently, I've blocked it out of my memory, so. A, a lot of us yeah. have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you pick your major in college? Okay, so that's interesting. I didn't know what school I wanted to go to. I had a really tough time trying to figure that out. But ended up at TCNJ, so I majored in graphic design, and then I minored in interactive multimedia, which is what Chris studied in school. And and me. Oh, Little known fact, Mike also did. I also went to TCNJ. Yeah. You also went to TCNJ, but sometimes I forget that you were actually a student. Yeah. What do you think I did you there? actually did I I academically. I was a j- what do you think I would... I don't know. You were just I like mean, I didn't see you until film. like the last week. Okay, all right. Well, I was. I went. <laughs> I okay, that makes yeah. That's, we didn't have any. We didn't have a single class together. You and Ryan did though. We and Ryan had one class. together. Oh, you did. I didn't know yeah, that before we knew each other. That's fun. Yeah. So that's anyway. what my major was. So we didn't have anything related to user experience design. That was not something that was like a major back then. I didn't even know what it was really. And one of my professors, because I went down like the digital track, you could have done graphic design, digital or graphic design, print and print. That's a bit of a rough thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, these days. So I went digital and one of my professors was like, hey, you guys should learn about user experience design. And we were like, what is that? And she was like, if you use apps and websites, a user experience designer most likely design those if they're any good. So that's was my first experience with it. And then oh, and then the iPhone just came out. It's not right? that long ago. Jeez. How, how old are you? <laughs> 27. You're the one who's old here. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Let's not forget that. That's, that's we have a good spread between that's us wild. right now. We do. Wild. How many presidents have you voted for? Do you remember for? 9-11? Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't remember 9-11. I barely do. So that makes sense. So Mike, you remember it well. Oh, I remember I it, like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> See, like I said, we have the full spread. I walked, I I walked through the, between the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> blood through, through and the blood and bone. I think we Looking for my brother. Looking for my brother. He was in Hamburg. He was at home. Okay. <laughs> Great. Rip Norm. Yeah, R.I.P. The goat, Norm Macdonald. You don't even know who that no, is. No, I don't. Exactly. Oh my god, you know him. That's, that's the that's the You've, that's the spread. That's the spread. Age gap. Yeah. I also just live under a rock, so any sort of irrelevant pop culture kind of reference, I probably will not understand. Yeah, she doesn't even know who Britney Spears is. Okay, let's let's not exaggerate. Yeah. Okay, then sing one song. I don't. I'm not gonna sing. Got her. <laughs> Do you karaoke? I love karaoke. I actually, I love singing. I'm just not Ooh. good at it. Really? That's you love problem. singing? Well, that's karaoke. I do. Like, when I'm at home, I sing all the time. I'll put the lyrics up on my TV with Spotify, sing along. I made my sister do a karaoke dance party with me when she was staying over at my house. I've never seen this side of you. That's right, because I'm a bad singer, so I don't sing in front of people. But if you love doing it, I would yeah. think that you would let us no. in on that. I feel a lot of shame because I'm so bad at it. But that. Is if it like entertaining were, to watch? You just want to laugh at me. Yeah, but I mean, I would. Yeah, yeah. But, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, but you would laugh at me too. I would do it too. I'm not a good singer. Are you not? I actually, well, Jackie says I think she thinks that I could sing. Okay. If I put my mind to it. Well, if I tried. I would love to get singing lessons. That's something on my list. Yeah. On the topic of 
not ever having enough time to do all the things you want to do. That is one of those things. You did dancing for a bit. For a hot sec, actually, for a hot sec, I was on a dance team in middle school. Dance team? Dance team. It was not what it sounds like. It was not that intense in in middle school. Middle school, yeah. But I couldn't stay on the team. I had to, like, miss one of the practices, and that was, like, an automatic. (laughs) That, too. Uh, Just kidding. You didn't compete with uh, Tokyo? You didn't travel to Tokyo to compete in the dance competition, the dance-off? I, is that where those take no, place? I yeah, did that, not. yeah. But anyway, so for like a two seconds, I was on a dance team in middle school. But more recently, I've been wanting to like learn actual dance. And I didn't even tell you this. So there's a kind of dance called shuffling. I don't know if you've seen it. it the way that people move their legs and their feet to do this yeah, is I've so s- cool. I've seen you've this. seen it. Yeah. So I've I've started learning some moves. Is this recently? Yeah. Like oh, very really? recently. Like the past oh, couple doing, weeks. Oh really? You're still doing the hip hop? So the hip hop I was doing a little sporadically. Um, but now that I've been turned on to this shuffling thing, I would really like to learn more. So slowly learning some moves. Dance and sing. She can dance. She can sing. Can't sing. She Can't likes. Sing. She Can't likes sing well. I like singing. To sing. But I'm not good at it. So. Are you good at dancing? I've got rhythm. I do have rhythm. But I've got I rhythm. can't speak to how good I am at dancing, I guess. I look forward to seeing the results of these these lessons yes, you're taking same there right now i'm trying to find like free tutorials and oh my stuff, god are but. we all gonna go to natalie's dance recital <laughs> oh, be so cute. i actually did reach out to so a dance adorable. studio in my town to see if they offered hip-hop classes but they did not so we got sidetracked so natalie you were um uh you went if we, so i also went to dcnj if we remember that that's part of yeah. part of the story we also we always forget that um, and then uh, your, your professor said to do interactive multimedia, the iPhone had just come out. <laughs> you keep saying that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> only 27, but thank you. <laughs> it's 2008. And then what happened? So yeah, so she turned us on to that and I, I really liked it right away because it was an interesting combination of not only visual design, but actually thinking through deeper problems because the way that people use things. And you'll know this if you use apps and websites and they're easy to use, you don't think about them. You yeah. don't think about them at all. It's well, only when something is hard. Into the I got the 13 yeah. now. Oh, okay. That's great. So, <laughs> but if they're hard to use, it is so obvious. And so it's such a hindrance to your ability to do anything. These two guys <laughs> giggling over here. I'm listening. I'm listening. Shut the fuck up, Mike. <laughs> you, you suck at this. <laughs> Chris said you suck. <laughs> Interrupt. Any hoozles. So that I really liked because it's a, it's a lot more complex to make things for people that they don't have to think about than it is to design something just visually like a poster or something in print. And it's, it's a different set of skills, I will say. But I just liked the combination of that, like human psychology, human factors and how people interact with stuff, as well as the visual and making things beautiful. So that really touched me. And turned out that my one of my cousins actually who was also a graphic designer from what he had studied was doing ux so i was like oh this is perfect so then he helped me get an internship and that's kind of how i went down that path bob's your uncle right (laughs) how about that 
No, that's really Did cool, I say uncle I or cousin? Because it's my cousin. Did I say uh, uncle? You said cousin. Yeah. That, okay, that that's a different. Me. That's a that's a that's just a phrase. That's just a phrase. Okay, okay I know, but then I was like, did I? I confused you about your relative. <laughs> you, did. you did. I wasn't sure what I said. You made her question everything. Okay. <laughs> that that also my uncle with you too, make me question everything. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. That's that's the end. No, that's all he had to say. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's like a, it's like a ending it's phrase. Like a phrase. Like that's kind of where okay. we put the graphic up. And just kind of move on. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> so after getting into well, that's all you. I. How did you get into photography? Because you got into photography in college. No, I did not. Photography. Oh, I got into not. in high school actually. So we there was a new thing. One of my teachers, who was also my lacrosse coach at the time a lacrosse coach at the time she was the art teacher so I knew her in a couple different ways and she decided to start a photography club and me and my friend Kim who and Kim is like my photography buddy since high school we both were really interested in it we're like oh we should get cameras and do this so ever since then in high school we've been taking photos together we'll be each other's models so that was always nice we'd make time to go out and and take photos of nature or each other or whatever and since then, I've been really into it and exploring different types of photography, like portraiture, landscape, self-portraiture, that kind of stuff. You know, what's funny is I find people really divulge into, like, once you get introduced to photography or video, people go down one or the other. <laughs> Isn't that really interesting? They're... Like career-wise or like... Or like um Passion was, I think. Like you always, I always feel people lean towards one or the other. Where I feel like, you know, kind of a layman may say, like, oh, it's the same thing. Like one just moves oh, and one doesn't. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But then you get into it, and you, and they're very different. <laughs> very different. I very feel like different in terms of the approach of them and what you're trying to accomplish with them. I feel like videography is and, much uh, more complex because there's so many. It's just there's different. moving elements. Yeah, it's just different, man. I don't. I'm always in awe. Of you yeah. guys being able to do what you do, not even in terms of just like setting up shots and thinking of how shots connect, but then also editing those shots, special effects. There's just so many moving parts. Whereas with photography, it you, the output is a still image. So I feel like it, it's easier to manipulate. It's easier to get to a place where you want it to be because it's just a still image. I don't know. Sure. There's some there's some photographers. I, I don't totally remember the names. I know one of them, I think, is Greg Williams. Possibly, I think that's his name. There's also this other guy who I don't know his name, but I just know of him. He will like, you'll see him on the street um, and he'll like be like fumbling with his camera. And like, he has this like presence where he like, he doesn't really know what he's doing, Mm -hmm. but what he knows, what he does, he does it on purpose. So so a lot of photographers, (laughs) you see like TikToks and videos of like photographers going up to people to take their photos. Right. And they want you to, they want everybody to know that they're a photographer, basically. So they're very intrusive. Um, but there's some guys who their whole thing is to basically camouflage themselves. And it has nothing to do with the editing. It has nothing to do um, with like the post-production afterwards. It's, they're so amazing at capturing life in the moment. And they're, they focus on composition and they focus on, the emotion and expression of the subjects and they don't even photograph some. So Greg Williams also photographs like a lot of celebrities and stuff, but he photographs them in like kind of like their, this like natural environment. And the way he is with people brings out a certain side of people that when he, when he photographs them, it's completely different from when they're doing a, like a print or some kind of press thing. Um, but then this other guy who I can't remember his name, 
he does a lot of street photography of people, but his composition and like what he captures is just incredible. If you start looking at the people that he's photographing, there's so much going on and he didn't set any of it up. It's incredible. So it's like, it's like this other skill, whole other skill in itself of um, either ca- just capturing the moment, like, but truly capturing the moment. Yeah. That is something that I do admire in photographies, like photographers like that. It's kind of like, like you're a documentarian. So what you're saying, you're not intruding upon people, but you're able to capture basically their essence in what they're doing without them really being aware that you're even there. That I do find very impressive. And you're right. That is a whole other skill set for to, sure. Yeah. To me, that that's like a whole photography skill set yeah. that is completely different from like video because yeah. video, you can't do that. Video is like so intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um. I see what you're saying. The only yeah. time you can really do that is like nature videos, I guess, because you're trying to camouflage well, animals. It's hard. You know, we were just talking about a different subset of photography and videography with, um, we were talking about um, the museum in D.C. You familiar? Mm-mm. No. It's a whole museum um, for journalists, like oh, photo okay. journalists and video journalists, and um, whole sections dedicated to people that... Uh, died in like capturing wars capturing 9-11 they had a huge section i was telling mike on um everyone that died during 9-11 and and cameras that were recovered believe it or not isn't that nuts that is insane it's crazy it was really it's a really cool museum um all about photojournalism and stuff like that that's intense. That's and not that, even on that's a whole one. That's thing. one you don't even think about, right? That's, that's like, true. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, yeah. Journalists a, and photographers who go abroad to war zones yeah. and things like that, active sort of areas where bad stuff is happening, that is a whole other ball game that I couldn't even begin to fathom how people can do that. But the photos they get. Oh, incredible. Incredible. With, without them, the stories would not be as tangible as they are, right? Yeah, that's true. Without the emotion that they capture um, of these just super raw, oftentimes just horrendous moments, it wouldn't hit as hard. I mean, because p- people were so visual, right? Yeah, you know? no, that's true. So you can read a story, but or you can see it in like a person's eyes on the news, and that's what hits, man. Which is a whole different subset of photography, which is completely different from your studio photographer, completely different from your product photographer. Like product, the product photography is like a huge thing. Like Peter McKinnon and like all those guys will make countless videos on how to shoot product. And it's a whole skill. But those guys also don't do that. Those, that kind of journalistic photography. And it's just very interesting. When you say, because when you say take photos and like. You get hired to take photos and be, oh, you're a photographer. I hire you to take these photos. But like, there's, there's so many subclasses of photographer that have different tools, different skill sets, different approaches and processes. Or they tell you to take a photo and you're holding a video camera. <laughs> you're holding your, gim- you're holding your uh, phone and they're asking you to do photos in it. Well, what? You just be, be nice and you just hit the shutter for them. That's nice. And then you stop it and you pick a still. Wow, well, you, you're, you're nicer than... You're nicer than me. We already knew that. So. <laughs> yeah. I just say no. <laughs> it's a very simple no. Right? A simple no, and I'm like, well, it's in 4K, so you can just pull stills, and then I well, move yeah. On. I mean, most of, most of the time you can. You can. Do that. I would. Yeah. It's not much flexibility, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, lots of niches of photography. Let's talk about Codex. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I saw an uh, incorrect Instagram the other day. These people, I didn't even know it was incorrect. I thought I learned new information and then I had to read the comments and they're ripping this guy apart for giving false information talking about H.264 versus H.265 okay. and how they compress and how they, uh, okay. I'm shooting. not, I'm not even really familiar with the difference. That, neither am I. That's why I was like, right. Oh, that's interesting. And then I read the I comments. Like, oh, high efficiency. Oh, that's about okay. it. I don't know anything anymore because I, this is all fake. Apparently <laughs> oh, <laughs> this no. is all like, now I don't know anything. <laughs> now I don't know anything because now he's saying it all wrong. I don't even know. We'll come back next episode and give you give you guys the definitive answer on whether you should be using H two six five. They want to know. The people want to. The people want to know. <laughs> what do you What do you use, Natalie? Natalie. Well, actually, you whenever shoot I'm JPEGs. <laughs> no, I shoot in raw. JPEG sequences. Oh, oh, raw, oh raw. No, we're talking about video. This is video. Video. Whenever I export a video, the only thing I know is that I do do H two six four. Yeah. I don't. I think because somebody told me to do it once, and that's all I do. No, that's true. It's the most common Hasn't used video in like format. Ten years. <laughs> so there you go. That's the extent of my knowledge. What bit? What bit rate do you guys export at? Everyone has their little special magical number. I feel like depends what it is. Depends on okay. Depends what the delivery is. Talking heads. So are we talking Instagram, social media, or YouTube? Uh, go to YouTube. Okay. What's your uh, standard YouTube? I like? won't go. I won't go lower than thirty-five. Okay, yeah, 35 is actually one of the numbers I think they tell you is, like, a good number. I think 35 or 50. I won't go if, above 50. No, no. I don't think, I don't see a point. Well, at 4K, maybe it is 4K 60. I believe they tell you to go up to 70. For oh, really? Yeah, YouTube tells you that. I mean, oh, really? who's really going to know? Do you check off two-passing coding? No, because nobody fucking tells the difference. No, I, do, I just do constant constant. <laughs> I used to dare Josh to like look at these side by side and tell me which one is two pass. I'll fucking dare you. I mean, yeah. I used to do one pass. <laughs> We're boring that. I used to do one pass with, with the range. My just glazed over already. But I just do constant. Anyway, that was fun. That was I. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> so now that when I first met you, I thought you were an actor. As you thought I was. You thought I was an actor? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, you never told me that. I mean, I met you in an acting kind of setting. I thought you were just, I thought you were an actor. I thought you were going to school. I thought, I knew you were a student, but I thought you were like going to communications for like theater or for acting. Oh, I thought you were a professional actor because I had seen you in a CMF, which is Campus Movie Fest film. And I don't know if somebody else said it to me or you were just so good that I assumed you're a professional. That's going to go to his head. But I was like, this guy's a professional. <laughs> anyway, that's what I thought. Breath. <laughs> what you do? <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't realize at first who you were. But do you, are you still in the dark? Do you know no. who I am now? Now I know who you are. And Unfortunately. <laughs> and we're still friends. That's good. Shockingly, yes. You guys friends. have. Let me let me ask a question. Mm -hmm. You guys have like an interesting friendship dynamic. I still haven't. Like I don't understand it. I don't have this kind <laughs> of relationship with anybody. You guys are violent. Uh, you guys yeah. are are 
volatile mm-hmm. in terms of your ups and downs. Yeah, that's true. Um, Michael annoy <laughs> the shit out of you and you tolerate it, but you clap back. Just bare, yes. You clap back. Always claps back. Yeah. Michael will not apologize. speak to you for weeks at a time. Weeks is strong. Weeks Days. Is strong. <laughs> Days is maybe more accurate. But I will apologize. I did. I have um, yes. apologize when he, I, when he I, does apologize. I do apologize. But yes, we do, do have a very antagonistic relationship, friendship-wise, which I ha- do have other relationships that are antagonistic like that. So that's not not normal for me. We're like, we're mean to each other. Yeah. But underneath it all, we really care about each well, other. Well, I mean, everyone kind of compares you guys to like brotherly, sisterly dynamic yeah. where you get on each other's nerves, but you like each other at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Nobody um, pisses me off, though, as much as Mike does. That's so funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. Okay. That's one way to look at it. I push your button. I know how to push. Yeah. But why push you your push your button? Um, he gets a lot of joy out of it. I, this is not the first. I feel he's like not we're the first in person. therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the first person that's enjoyed pushing my buttons. It's because it's, I, I easily I react to things. I guess that's what that's it is. That's why. It's getting a rise out of Natalie can be kind of enjoyable. Not easy, but or, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. I guess I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Well, I guess she won't tell me she loves me. That's true. Really? I've said to her, Natalie, thank you. I love you. I feel like you're lying. And then she won't say it back. I don't think that's true. I think I have told you that I love you. I have definitely via text message. I said that to you over text message. She won't say you want me to sit here and tell me that I love you. It's fucking weird. Not gonna do no, it. I didn't ask you to sit here and tell me you love me. I just well, you made a point about it being via text message. You have it in writing. Is that not better? No. So what do you think the Jets are gonna do without uh, <laughs> now? Chris is about bored. this season. Does this answer your question about our relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the time we almost stopped being friends during one of our Exodus shoots? What'd you do to her? <laughs> you, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> you were there, Chris. I was. In Paris? Oh, yeah. Oh, I always forget that there's an American Paris. The first time. <laughs> yeah, we never, we never I one. mean, you could distinguish it because we've never been to the France. The <laughs> right, French yeah, one. We've never I was confused for saying it. Paris, um, New York. The first night. Yeah, Nally was pissed off. He dragged us all the way to Paris, New York for a weekend shoot for Exodus. Dragged. For a For a scene that was new. To the, the film that we'd already been filming for better part of a year, right? And he tells me, like, what, a few days before that, like, by the way, we wrote a character and we want that you was to a play. a few days before? Four. Roughly four days. That's a few. That's oh a few. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I was me. like, granted, I do get excited about any opportunity to act. So that's one thing. But the other hand, I was like, oh, shit, that is like four days <laughs> <laughs> Barely any notice that I'm going to be playing a character on screen up until this point. I was just behind the scenes. I was not in anything. Was only going to be like an extra. So in like a cloak, you wouldn't have even seen me. It wouldn't matter what I looked like. All this stuff. So it wasn't really prepared for that. I think I might have had a cutoff. I was like, I don't want to be out later than like, I don't know what I said, like 1 a.m. or something like that. And granted, we're filming this outside on this farm, whatever. I just didn't want to be going to bed that late. When did we finish that night? The first Fucking night? Yeah, three, the first night. Four. Roughly three. Three a.m. So we got to sleep at four, probably. Yeah, so not really getting to bed until four a.m. It took us forever to get, like, anything done. We were out there for so long. It was cold. <laughs> three shots. 
three shots. We got three shots. We only got three they shots. Were good, they were good shots. It all looks fantastic, but I remember being so pissed at Mike specifically for dragging us out here for it taking longer that night than I'd wanted to be out there. And I just stopped speaking to him. I was so tired. I was so cold. It fucking sucked. Yeah, she didn't say anything to me the whole... Well, at some point during the night, she stopped talking to me. And in the morning, we got breakfast and... I did speak to you again. Things were a little bit better. I just figured if I was going to say anything, it would end up not being nice. So I just... But that's fine. That's also part... I think (laughs) she can tell me how she really feels. Wow. Uh, Yeah. What a roller coaster, man. That was. That was. And there was a lot of long, long nights filming that. So then after on the ride home, the very long car ride home after the whole weekend, we had a very long chat about... How to never let that happen. How to never do that again. <laughs> well, yeah, then we got into doing those uh, animatronic storyboards. Yeah, that's... That's after. funny that that was after, yeah. It was part of this. It was yeah. part of the catalyst. I know, of, I know. Like, the feedback. Yeah, that, that event actually caused us to be... Well, I mean, teachable moment, um, because this had always come up, but it became more of a time waster, specifically on that shoot, because there were... More than a handful of times where me and you looked at each other and said, okay, now we're going to do this this way. And then one of us would say, oh, that's how you thought we were going to do this. I had it in my head. We were going to do it this way. You waste 20 minutes here. You waste 20 minutes there. You got to change a setup. You got to change a thing. And we weren't on this page, same page so many times. There were a lot of issues that night, but that was one of them Mm -hmm. that we weren't on the same page a couple of times and it wasted other people's time. So we said, we got to start doing boards because that's the only way we're going to be able to see it visually and make sure that we're on the same page about what our visual is. Mm -hmm. So we got a software. What is it called? I was Frameforge. It's Frameforge Storyboard Pro or something like that. And clunky little software, you know, the stuff you get out of it. I think you can make the characters look better, but it gets the freaking idea across of like what your blocking is and what your basic lighting setup is going to be and then and even in then you know what we should have been doing the whole time because that gives you ideas for what other what might be a better way to do it or other shots that you might need or um, that could replace what you had already thought of so it was a process that we hadn't had in place but the project had grown so big that it became necessary um, to just not waste other people's time, you know, cause it's one thing when me and you are effing about with something and, you know, it's kind of a off the cuff kind of thing, but this like needed structure, like we needed structure. Yeah. Especially when you're on a shoot, that's, you're not close to home. You have to get things done. You have a very limited amount of time that you're able to get that done. Yeah. And it's like, we're, we weren't going to go back to Paris, New York to get anything we would have missed. So we really had to accomplish everything. And so that was one of the things that you guys started doing. And we also instated rules of like, this is the max number of shots we will try to get in a day. This is the latest we will shoot uh, per day, just so that we're not asking people to be there for super late. And, you know, it was it was rough. We had some of our background actors like asleep on set. Like it was it was rough. It was really rough. And we don't want to do that to people ever again. So. Yeah. Good thing we're not unions. <laughs> We've had so many violations, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of not do that to people ever again. I know where you're going. 
We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor. Stay tuned to find out what the hell Mike is talking about. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh, Mike, what were you were going to say something right before the break? Um, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say collectively as a trio here and uh, not counting our, our fallen brother, Steve, may he rest in. He's not dead. <laughs> Let's pull that one back. <laughs> Steve is alive and well. Thank you. Steve's um, okay, everyone. The, Don't we, worry. The heli- some of the helium crew did a uh, remote shoot a travel shoot you could say where we worked on somebody else's project where it wasn't one of our movies for once which as far as short films go that was one of the first definitely the first i don't i don't do anybody else's stuff right (laughs) the only reason i was got involved with this is because i wasn't shooting it (laughs) yes i said i'll do anything you want as long as you handle the camera stuff (laughs) And that's what we did. And Natalie, you you didn't know what you were going to be doing. No, I did when not. You, when you uh, signed up for this. Signed up for this. Well, even when you got there, you didn't know what you were going to be doing. Also true. Um, up until you were doing it. <laughs> I was assigned I was assigned a title that I didn't really yeah. know what it meant. You were flex. Yeah, I was, well, technically, unit production manager was the title that there I was go. given. But I did a lot of different things on set. Did a lot of physical labor. There you was a lot, lot of, of physical labor. Did a lot of art direction. Mm-hmm. You that was worked fun. I with that. The art director, I mm-hmm. guess, set art director. I don't know what that title's called, but the guy who did the props essentially and decorated the set. Yeah. You worked very closely with. And that's uh, my favorite part. And you did a fantastic job from what they said, not from my opinion. <laughs> so I'm so I am told. <laughs> no, you did a great job. But you I'm sure did you learn a lot on doing something that like that you've never done before? Doing art. Oh yeah, set that design? the set decoration whatever the official phrase for that is, was a lot of fun. I'd never done anything like that to that scale before. So it was really interesting to see not only the techniques that the art director Sid used to dress the set and to make things look lived in or, you know, decrepit. There were a lot of techniques and then also products that he would use, like fake dirt. Had no idea that that was a thing. And all the stuff that he sort of compiled to make this set look the way that it was supposed to and the way that things had to change because we were using one room essentially to reflect a whole span of years uh, and different sort of different places for the characters to inhabit. And that was really interesting to see the way that that was imagined. So to just help provide some more context here, we, we as a collective were hired, hired, uh, to do Air quotes to uh <laughs> say volunteer i don't have a contract <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we volunteered our time we volunteered our time to help shoot and produce a uh, short film up in connecticut for three days three yeah three three to four days roughly and um uh, yeah closer to four we were in charge of camera light sound and uh, the stuff that Natalie did. <laughs> all the flesh drops. Well, I didn't really talk to you about what you did. I don't, we were all busy doing our yeah. own shit. Um, so that, that's just to help provide some context. And uh, 
Chris and I worked together in a capacity that we've never had worked together before. So fun. Where so fun. I camera operate it and worked as the, the DP for the project. And Chris worked as the gaffer for the project. Um, and essentially was like, he's my battery daddy. He was my <laughs> right hand man. <laughs> I forgot we daddy. came up with that term. That's yeah. a good one. That's a really good one. It's so funny because the normal dynamic, right? Is you're acting. I'm camera operating. We don't really have a gaffer and you're very competent as a DP and I'm very competent doing lighting. So it's like, we got to do something. We got to use our powers to make something that we never had before. And it created like very nice results. And as an observer, you guys work together so well. That was was a perfect balance of both of your skills. Yeah, it was fun. I, Oh, like I said, I was so excited about it. I got, I had been looking to get one for a while. Um, I got a like kind of like a production vest, um, kind of like a cross between like a fishing and military garb. You know, it's like a Molly vest. It's yeah. Got like twenty pockets in it. There, I found pocket. I was still finding pockets on like the third day that I didn't know about. <laughs> so I would carry batteries for Mike, and we came up with the term we call battery dad. I was battery dad because because I would keep all the batteries safe and then I would put them to sleep in their little in their where they belong he literally did when we got back to I tucked them in where we were staying at night he'd put them all in the little charging briefcase and said goodnight to them it was so I cute I kissed them all goodnight it was cute <laughs> it was very cute <laughs> but incredibly helpful and like the dynamic we had was just was amazing and like it was extremely fun working like that with you should we kiss I wish we kiss, did at the kiss. time. The time the time has passed, but I wish we did. <laughs> um, no, it was really cool because it was uh, it was something that I mean may 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 or may not happen again. Yeah. But it would be it would be cool to do it. And it also turned out we had coincidentally bought gear that complements each oh, other. Oh, that was so fun! Not even knowing that the oh the God. other one bought like I bought uh, tube lights that needed a stand. But I didn't have a stand for him. And Chris bought stands and crane arms, and but didn't have anything to crop to uh, put on them <laughs> <laughs> until I bought the tube light. Um, oh, that was so funny. We get together. You're like, I got these new tube lights, and I was like, I got these new stands. I know exactly what I'm gonna do with that. And what? in the whole time, we just ran that as a hair light. The whole time, it was perfect. Um, yeah, it was so funny because you had just gotten that like a couple days before, right? I did the same exact thing. I was looking at like, what am I going to need? I got some gaff tape and then I was like, ah, we're going to probably going to need my, my stands are not good enough. And I got a brand new case. I got, we, we geeked out. We got some, got some new gear. It was cool. Between the two of us, we have a, like a whole rental studio now. <laughs> we, oh yeah. We have so much crap. But yeah, I rent from you guys. Oh my god! All the time. Now yeah. you money. Oh, now you rent. You, I, I just yeah. sold you my life. Yes, if you still yeah. want that, I do. I still you want still it. want that deal to go through. Well, uh, you can't take it until you pay them. Yeah, I'll Venmo. That's right. You gotta give them the cheddar. Yeah, there is digital money now. Mike's behind the times. I, well, I have the. Th- I told, like I said before, I have the uh, the, the thirteen. <laughs> if, you just, if you took that and threw it, that'd be a, that would be so cool. That would be the end. I, would never be, I would tell people phone. about that for years. Yeah, for years. <laughs> but, I think you'd actually be mad at me if I threw your phone. But uh, not in the moment. That'd have been fucking hilarious. That would have been freaking hilarious. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, and not to discount. He's not here, but Steve ran audio. Which he ran audio for... God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Not dead, not dead, not dead. Not dead, yeah, just, but, uh, <laughs> just keep saying it. 
he ran audio, which he did for the for a lot of Exodus too. So he had the experience on doing that. And uh we we really didn't we didn't debrief with each other necessarily from that shoot. Like for like for our stuff, like what me and Allie did, we had a post-mortem in the car and kind of a, a little bit of a debrief, which then I relayed back to Chris after our conversations. He took um, a lot of the curse words out. A lot of the death threats and uh, life-threatening uh, uh, threats on my family and my loved ones. <laughs> took those out. <laughs> um, but uh, we didn't we didn't do that for this project yet. So I, I am curious to know what what Steve what Steve's experiences were. Yeah, <laughs> we did debrief each night. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like it's kind of the same thing we went through. Of they had the people producing this just had never done something of the scale before. And there's just so many things like some things went right. Some things went wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, at the end of the day, it was just some things that was lack of experience and some things that got out of hand. Of course, you know, everything goes wrong on a film set. Nothing, nothing goes your way when you're trying to produce something. <laughs> we yeah. know that from experience. The only thing you can do is build in yeah. extra time yeah. Prepare Basically, as much as you can. Yeah. Like the one shoot that Mike and I were co-wrote and were directing on and Chris was our DP for. We had done part of, filmed part of this short film that we were working on. And that was, I think, the only shoot we worked on that we actually ended before the allotted Early. We ended time. early. We ended early. That was like unheard of. We actually worked with the same makeup artist on this recent project and I was we were talking to her about that. She was like, I've never been on a production where we ended early. I was like, oh Oh really? She's like about ours? Yeah. I forgot that I had met her. I felt so embarrassed after. Uh, <laughs> oh really? I, I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's okay. It was a while ago. We were focused on it was, a while ago. it was so fucking long ago. It was really long ago. Um No, is it uh yeah when it when it comes to doing short films and doing your own thing, doing independent films like this with no budget. Like this is not a low budget movie. It's not even a micro budget movie. It's a no budget movie. Um, and, uh, your guess thing. No, they're the one that we just did. Together. Oh, the, I thought there was in my, in, in, uh, in my opinion, it wasn't it, nothing. It wasn't nothing, but it's it wasn't literally nothing. It, 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 when we're, we're not getting paid and we're doing, a very large majority of the lifting on set on the set days. And we're not getting absolutely, we're not getting anything. Um, yeah. I wouldn't even say Exodus had a micro budget. Like Exodus is also no budget. I put a lot of mo I know, money I, went I, into it. I understand. You know, you but yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have to put, obviously you got to put money into stuff for it to happen. But um, yeah, there's no budget. No one got paid. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or whatever. But um, <clears throat> basically everything that, can go wrong did go wrong. will go wrong you have to think that it will go wrong yes and then you the have key. to be um in tune enough to then adjust and make adjustments on the fly and that's what we I mean, we do that all the time mm -hmm. all the time uh, things will go wrong yeah like you think a shot is going to take this long add a lot of extra time well, to that shot that like, too. that's you have to just Again, build in the buffer, I, I really think, because that's what we did for our shoot. We built in buffer, and that's why we ended early. Well, that's the thing. In this situation, it's a 14-page script being basically, and what we, when you kind of break it down, it, it's about a six to seven-day 
shoot day kind of a script that you're compressing into three days, which is three, you know, three full 10 to 12 hour days of shooting will then turn into 16 hour, 18 hour, 20 hour days, consecutive days of, of shooting. Um, if you don't have, if you're trying to do too much in, in one weekend and you have to get everything done in that weekend because of the location we're in, because of the actors that you're using, uh, because of where we're staying for all the factors that the production itself put in place before we even got started, you have all these handicaps that, or even restraints rather that, that <laughs> require you to, uh, I don't know, you, you like, you got to do everything you can to finish the movie in those three days, yeah. but you're not setting yourself up for success going into it. We did a lot of, um, edits and editing of the script, uh, compressing of the script, condensing of the script, um, cutting things out on the day, like right before shooting, because we absolutely had to, or else we weren't going to finish a movie and we would go home basically empty handed. Now, when we do something like Exodus and go to Paris, um, we're doing, New York. A, we're doing one Paris, New York. We're doing <laughs> one scene of a larger project that if it doesn't get done in this weekend, it's not the end of the world. And that is what happened. We wanted to do it all in that one weekend. Cause we wanted to be consistent with the location that we were in. And we were trying to treat it as like a little film getaway. And like, we're trying to like, Oh, we're going to be away. We're going to, we're going to film it. We're going to finish the scene. We're going to do the scene in this, in this weekend. And, um, yeah, the scene was too, it was too much. It was too big to do in that one weekend. But each morning we got together and each, uh, you know, we, we cut stuff out where we could and try to figure out how we can, what are the most important things that we need up here? And then made plans in the moment because of how day one went. Um, Quickly before I get, I did want to talk about something here, which is a method of um, kind of when you're trying to get an overview of what your story is of doing the note card method, which I think is like a kind of a standard thing, but writing down on note cards exactly what plot point you're trying to get across and doing that, you know, for let's say you have 13 plot points, you're able to create yourself a little timeline. And that way, I mean, in the case of this project we just did, we were trying to cut stuff out. So it was really for the purpose of how many of those note cards can we get rid of? Like what really needs to happen here to make a, a cohesive story? And it gives you such a wonderful top down view. You're able to reorder some stuff sometimes because we were dealing with flashbacks. I would write on each card exactly what was a flashback and you just get to play around until you find something that works because you could talk through it so many times and you just, you can't hold that information. Like your memory bank is like max two plot points, you know, mm -hmm. you can't see how it connects to everything else. Yeah. So the organizing things in that visual way is very helpful. And there's, there's a similar thing in user experiences on where you research called a card sort. You basically take like a navigation structure and break it out all into its bits and then have users organize them in the way that makes sense to them. So it helps you understand the way right, that they right. perceive and, and think about things. And then you organize it that way so that presumably it'll be easier for them to navigate when they're using the website or app. Blah blah. blah. So it's, I think it's an, common paradigm that you could apply to different areas for sure. Yeah. I think there's a similarity too, between user testing in user experience and doing test screenings, 
right? Because a lot, right? Because like you were saying, usually the things people point out are the things that aren't working naturally. Yes. Like something feels unnatural about it. And a lot of times people don't have necessarily the language to Mm -hmm. communicate exactly what's wrong. So they'll say, you know, this feels weird or I don't, I, or just like, I don't like this. And like, you'll say, and then you having all the, all the knowledge is like, okay, I think I see where things are, where people are feeling wrong about this kind of thing. So it's, it's like where you're test screening for your brother or your cousin telling us like the action stuff is like, like we know that's working because they're so hyped about it. But there were some story things that they were like, okay, it's a little slow here, right? That's the thing we hear a lot slow. And it's like, okay, that's kind of an umbrella term, right? It's a generic term. So we dive in and we, you know. You're right, though. The parallel is, makes a lot of sense. It helps you dig in to where yeah. the problem areas are, for sure. Well, one thing, I don't know, if, are we still talking about the project? or can Sure. Pivot? No, you, no, 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 we whatever. Can, yeah. I think one thing I would like to know about everybody here is how they got into filmmaking. Like, what was the first thing that propelled you into this? Well, I started at more... The very first project I was pulled into the local film festival on campus when we went to college, I was the music guy. I still kind of thought I was going to go to school partially for music. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do my freshman year. And I was known as as the music guy. Um, I was, like I told you guys before, I was writing songs in college, you know, in my little dorm room, making awful songs. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> no one should ever be subject to those songs that I wrote. But... I loved movie scores too. So I would do, um, that was kind of my, a role that wasn't filled in our, in our, our little film group was someone to do sound and music. So I boom opt the first year and I didn't really work much with the camera at all. Even though I consider myself an editor at that time as well. I used to edit for like our YouTube channel and things like that, but I was more of the audio guy. And then I guess it just kind of progressed how did I get started doing more camera stuff? It must have been through a class or something like that where I started doing my own filming. And I wish I could point pinpoint to like a specific moment. I don't think I really, I think I just kind of just naturally took over that role, started working with Ryan more. When I started working for TCNJ doing the marketing shit, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. The very first shoot I did, I actually fucked up. I had my shutter cranked. Classic noob, you know, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And I remember we we were asking Josh, our senior at the time, he was two years our our senior, or one year, I forget. It's been so long now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was like, "Ah, oh, you goofed. You had your shutter cranked." And I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> it's hard to imagine a time when Chris was a noob because Chris he's just so incredibly yeah, yeah. talented and adept at what he does. So that's that's a funny. Fun thing Aww, to think about. Thanks, dude. No, seriously. Actually, the because I didn't really know Chris personally in college, but I knew of him. And how I knew of him and our friend Ryan was through that you would produce the, and make the TCNJ stuff and through the Campus Movie Fest. And I was always in such awe. Again, I had no idea who they really were. I was like, wow, they're so talented. <laughs> so that's Well, cool. I think from that, I got hyper-focused on like... Then when I didn't know what Shutter was, you know me, I'm like super technical. So I dove into it immediately. I'm like, okay, I got to figure this all out. Like, what does this all mean? So I just got hyper-focused on that stuff, just trying to make the TCNJ stuff look as good as I could. Um, and I just got, just kept going down that road of 
how to make stuff look beautiful, you know, and how to get good footage. I remember playing with the, at the time, those, uh, what the hell were the, the, um, the stabilizers called the free flow oh, systems? Yeah. What the fuck are they called? Flycam. It was called Flycam? I think, I think the, there, the there might have been another the little, one. The little weights at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flycam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> those sucked. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. I had one. I had you one. had to have such technique with them. Oh, my God. Think of like the, okay. the gimbals we use, except with no, no electric motors. It's all weights and balance. using these little weights at the bottom. Yeah. Because okay. if you put too many, the camera would go far. You're like, you're holding this little... Um, it's just a f- pole. Holding a pole. <laughs> but you're holding a handle that's attached to the pole, but the pole can freely Got it, yeah. move around so on a swivel. So you have to counterbalance it. So you have to counterbalance the bottom, but depending on the kind of camera and the weight up here, it, it, it could be shorter or longer. Yeah. And then you had to put the, the weights, but then like you had to hold the camera and it had to like. But there were no gimbals move. at the time. Gimbals, gimbals, they, they, they had, oh, wow. they had you know, they had the big ones they would use on TV shows and movies. Right, oh, giant, those things. And there right? would be no in between. Oh, you I didn't know so that. You, so the, the Ronin M was like one of the first yeah. ones, but it was like this big cage-like thing where the camera go. Oh, that like really expensive. Like no, no, no consumer could aff- afford that. Uh, it wasn't until 2017 that the Ronin, and I remember the year because it's, I was doing weddings, um, the Ronin S had just come out and I got it like the week it came out. Um, and now like, you see everybody. With yeah. Them. Now, everyone, like now the, everyone has a Ronin. Now it's like no. they're on the Ronin three yeah. or four now, whatever it is. So that's Chris's anyway, story that's how story. he got into yeah. it. Mike, how did you get into filmmaking? Was it through acting, like being dragged into acting? Like how did all of that come about it's technically it was a little bit of both it, it was a little of two things happening at the same time um because i went to tcnj for video game design right again uh, i always forget that yeah i was a, <laughs> i did a lot of 3d art i was a 3d artist and uh like modeler and texture artist that's what i went to uh community college for then went to art school for a brief period but it wasn't technical enough. And I strive in the technical rather than the traditional when it comes to art. And so uh, TCNJ had a, had actually had a good video game program, which was called something different. And that's why I went in my searches for colleges. I never, it never came up. I could not uh, find huh. a video game design school in New Jersey. Cause it had, I forget what even what it was called, but I mean, it's the IMM major. Right, because it, it I didn't. I, it's, like a, it's like this umbrella that you can kind of pick and choose. It was everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> right, <laughs> but in there was these uh, game design classes and courses, and like using the Unity engine and like all these things. Like, oh my god, yes, that's what I want to do. That's the stuff I want to do. Implement this, these things into games, like actually make uh, the thing, not just do, not just draw naked people, which I was doing. I was doing, you know, they say in front of you, you draw them. Oh, yeah. In Florida, that's what I did. That's what I had me do. I was like, art, I don't yeah, know yeah. what I'm doing. It's like classical I, I, art. I'm drawing like fucking like stick figures. And these <laughs> people, the people next to me are drawing like beautiful works of art. And I'm like, you know how embarrassing? Like, it was insane. It was insane that I did it for as long as I did because it was, it was. You told me about this. Dude, yeah. I mean, I can't even, I don't even know what to compare it to besides being in a room full of like incredibly talented artists and you don't know how to draw at all and yet you guys are all in the same school in the same class and expected to do the same stuff 
And I'm like, I mean, every class I'm like sweating bullets. <laughs> the anxiety. Oh, the anxiety was through the roof. That's hilarious. Dude. Oh man. It was, it was, uh, it was a trip. Uh, I played a lot of football there. It was my one outlet. They had a flag football team for good, some reason. And I was really good at that <laughs> at the time. What was I saying? So how'd you get that's to why the that's right. So at TCJ, I was there for that. I took some basic course and one of the final projects was an optional thing to do a video. And then um, I was like, oh, I'll do, I'll do the video part. Rent it. I can't, I rented some Canon. We had whatever. ADDs from the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rented that. Got together with uh, two of my close, two of my closest friends, two, two childhood uh, best friends, Eric and Dan. Dan, we know from all of our movies. And uh, basically went to Dan's house and had them do weird stuff in the backyard, in the woods, <laughs> while I filmed on the camera. And then uh, made made a fake movie trailer with action and had a, actually had a choreographed a uh, single take one minute fight scene that I did in there for the first time. And that was because of my martial arts background and I had done that. And it was because of that, that I, then I met this other kid who then when I became a, a senior in my capstone, he was making a senior project, uh, a film project. And then I was like, Oh, that's how I started getting involved in like getting interested in doing film, but I was still taking video game classes at the time. And uh, this is long, long winded because this is like this is what I, what the I did. Story. And uh, a friend that I met in the senior capstone um, had an actor for his thing that dropped out. He's like, "Well, I, I, I mean, I need somebody. I need. Can you do it? Would you want to? Would you want to do it?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, sure. I mean, I, yeah, man, that sounds good. Yeah, I, I wasn't like technically like interested in acting. It's just whatever." And then um, on that project, the guy who DP'd that liked the way I looked. And so, and then he wanted to put me in his movie and then I won best actor at CMF. And then I met you and then I, and then Chris asked me to, to do a star Wars project, a lightsaber thing. And then I did lightsaber LCC with Dan and Eric. And then I did, and then it just kept going on and on and on and on. So I was like interested in the filming and then got roped into the acting and then just kind of kept going and just fell in love with all of it. It sounds like it sounds like that classic, like um, course correcting your career based off what you, you know, like, like you can pinpoint exactly where oh I didn't like that but I really like this mm -hmm. and like those gaps were wide at first, yeah. and then it's kind of narrowed down into like I really like this thing, and you start aiming towards that you know. It got narrowed down too because of of outside forces and people telling you that you're good at something. And then, cause you can think that you're good at something and right. think that you like something or have something in mind that you want to be good at. And that for me was the video game stuff. And I finished my major, like I took up until like, like I was taking the advanced video game classes. I never stopped taking them because there wasn't really any film classes anyway. So, um, I just kept taking the video game stuff. I had, I have games on my phone that I made and like did the artwork for, and I actually like animated and like you can play them and stuff, which was really cool. Um, but it wasn't until like people were telling me that you're good at this thing. And when you start getting told that it starts to like, 
you know, I think you care to go towards it more. And it's not, a, not even an ego thing, just like, because you're so young and you don't know what you want to do and you don't know what you're going to be good at, uh, in general, when you're in your twenties like that. Um, and then when you find it's helpful, it's helpful to tell you that. Yeah. It's very helpful because you can be trying your whole life at trying to do something and never have anybody tell you that you're good at that thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For me, I'd actually started with the desire to act. That's how I sort of got on this whole trajectory. When I was younger, I remember very specifically, I was watching, uh, I think it was Uptown Girls, that movie with Dakota Fanning and she was young in it. And, you know, not that different from my age at the time when I was watching it. I was like, she's she gets to play pretend like for a living. And I loved that. I was the kid that was always making up my own fantasy worlds and dressing up and basically creating characters for myself all the time. So I did that anyway. And I was like, she's doing it. She's doing the thing. And I remember I marched into my mom's room. I was like, Mom, I want to act. And I don't know internally in her head what was going on at that time because your kid tells you, you they want to act. Good. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> nothing good. Drugs, sex, rock and roll. Yeah, definitely bad daughter. things. It's like a weird industry to want to get into. So then from that point on, I became like obsessed with trying to find like acting classes. I attended acting classes that I just went on the internet, found for myself. Acting classes like that, like theater kind of classes. You know, when you like would hear on the radio, like, does your kid want to be on Disney? Like that kind of shit. Literally, my parents, I was like, I want to do this. I want to go and do this thing. And I don't know why my parents agreed, but we went, brought along my sister. My cousin wanted to come do it too. So we all went to this thing at some like hotel and there were these people like hosting. You have to like cold read in front of them and on camera and all this stuff. And basically the whole point was to either get accepted or not into this like program or something like that. I ended up getting accepted, but it was definitely going to be a scam. So my parents definitely <laughs> knew that. So they're like, yeah, you're not going to do this. The and fuck? I was like, what? What do you mean? And yeah, basically the whole thing was a scam. Why was it a scam? How did you know that? It's like, I, I don't know, but don't they, know. they always like promise you like, your kid is going to be the right. next Disney star. It's oh. over promising stuff. And my parents are not dumb. So they were right. like, this is definitely not true. Well, you're going to be the next, star. Britney, you're yeah. the next Britney Spears. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know who that is, but you're okay. going to be the next... <laughs> You know, like the next Hannah Montana or whatever at that age, like Casey that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, like things like that. But I'd always be interested in, in, in trying to find those things. Then I went and found like a, um, a, a, a agency, a talent agency, like a local talent agency. Again, of my own volition, I just found it. How old were you? Um, this was like maybe right before middle school. Wow, you're young. School. Yeah, I was young. Dri- I was like driven. obsessed. Jeez. And up until this point, like I'd only ever like me, my cousin and like my best friend at the time, we like made our own film like around Halloween time, like in our neighborhood and at my friend's house. So like sure. we did little things like that. And I found ways to like do the thing. But then I found this talent agency and it was local, easy peasy. So then I went through them and I was like an extra in a couple of feature films through them. But it became hard to like kind of balance that kind of stuff. My Parents would have to take off work to like drive me to God knows where right. to be on this film set all day to just like have part of me in part of the scene. Like you're a background actor. So can it's we not... find you? Yeah, actually, in one of the movies, um, you can see like my backpack. Like I point that out to you. But in one of the other ones, it's such a large yeah, crowd. I love I to have a this, night. So. Yeah. <laughs> just try to find Natalie. Where's it's Natalie? like, where's Waldo? But where's Natalie? <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And then senior year, I was in the fall plays, not in any like lead role or anything like that. I just liked it so much and being on stage and like 
being able to be someone different than myself, I always really enjoyed that. So did that, and then did you know that me and me and Mike actually got tipped uh, fifty dollars because we sang "America the Beautiful" together. What? When? <laughs> Where? In New York, uh, at a at a um, networking event. Networking oh, event. at that networking event. I told you I that know story. You got tipped. Yeah. 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 Guy was so impressed with our singing. He gave us fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. He loved our passion. He loved <laughs> my passion. Wow. He loved my passion specifically. That was, that, is, yeah, that was the I point of my story. I thought it was funny. Very interesting. Well, I will, I will never be in that situation because so, I do not sing in public. So that means now that you've been, I mean, I can only go back and trace bits and pieces of like, oh, well, I did martial arts and like, I loved being on camera doing home movies and I loved doing martial arts and I love martial art movies and I always did lightsaber stuff with Dan outside. But you, from a very young age have kind of always wanted to be basically doing yeah. what you're currently doing. Yeah, no, it's true. And actually I forgot too that like in elementary school, I forget how I found out, but it was when I was first interested in acting and I was like at CCD at church, whatever. And uh-huh, somebody had CCD. mentioned a church TV show. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what? an opportunity to act on camera. Your right. church had a TV show? Yeah. I didn't, oh yeah, Ryan's did too. What I didn't know was that it wasn't like acting. It was more of like a talk show, but it was like kids talking about religion and God. stuff like that. Oh, so that like every terrible. Sunday literally would like have to figure out what we were talking about, be on camera and do it. And honestly, like I did like it to be on camera. I just enjoyed that whole thing. At one point I thought I wanted to be like a news anchor. Just cause like, Can we see these? You have? Yeah, I have all the discs. Really? I have all oh the CDs. We could God. do a night. Well, yeah, we should do a night because we, we, well, have, we keep I talking have, about all this stuff from like our past. childhood and our high school, middle school. We got we got a share. We got to do a share night. We did some. We did like cringe yeah, movie night because one uh, of the things that I shared was from high school at my senior year. Somebody, one of the other kids in my grade created right. a whole film festival. So I, I wrote, directed and shot and edited Oh, really? A film. We watched that for that, and we watched that. Like, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, and that was the first time that I guess like I did all of that. Besides, when I was little with my cousin, we shot our own little Halloween movie, which was a lot of fun. I wish I could find that. But yeah, and then I got into theater more in high school. Continued doing that in college. I auditioned a lot for theater in college. I did not get cast in like anything. I saw you. In, I saw you in a play. Senior year. Yeah, it wasn't until senior year I got okay. cast in like an actual thing. I did like little things like um, the 24-hour play festival, that kind of stuff. But you know, okay. everybody got cast for that. So I was like, wow, I must be really bad <laughs> if I'm not getting cast in anything. Well, who's making the decisions? Other students? Some were other students, but some we hired professional like like directors to do it. So I was like, I suck. I, it was very discouraging, but I kept auditioning just because I was like, I want to. This is what I like doing. And I got involved behind the scenes producing. That's Those were the first times I ever really produced anything it was in theater because I was on the executive board for that. So I got a lot of experience in organizing and putting on shows and all the logistics that go behind running a production. That was a lot. And then I met you, like stuff together. We made a campus movie fest film together. Um, and then it wasn't until after college that then you really connected me with Chris mm. and Ryan on the set of something that I think you guys never actually yeah. put out. Was that uh, the, the alleyway? alleyway? Alleyway. Part it was one? Alleyway. Yeah. I'm still upset about that project. It was really cool. I feel like I didn't take enough of a role in that project as like, because I had a vision for that project. And I, I th- wasn't involved in that, actually. I know. No, but you were. I pitched, you were the first person I pitched the idea to. I mean, as far as like a, like producing it 
right you or something oh like okay yeah, i think you pitched it to me but i was i was just acting in it yeah i think we started changing things and i didn't want to speak up too much because i wanted to be kind of like a collaborative thing mm. and i think it took away from what i was initially trying to get out of it imagery wise like i knew the imagery i wanted and i think we changed some things that i wasn't confident enough to say no let's do it my way you know mm-hmm. that i think took away from it in the end and we forgot to wet the fucking ground i'll never live that down <laughs> did we have a hose no we have water though we bought oh, we jugs didn't. for it oh you oh you were prepared to yeah. wet the ground we, didn't we, did, we forgot it. yeah because we were changing things and doing stuff so funny it's just weird to think that we didn't all really become like our group until after college even though we all went yeah, to the same college it is weird. at the same time it is really funny yeah we all just knew of each other You never know what's going to trigger that one idea. It's true. I have so many notes on my phone of, of like ideas. random ideas that come to me. Like for, yeah. I've got ideas for apps, for photos that I want to <laughs> do, for film sometimes, poetry. It's a lot of shit on there. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot. Of, I have more than I can count of voice notes of song snippets mm-hmm. of I come up with a melody or, you know, same thing. 90% of them go nowhere. Right. But... I actually do number them. I think I'm up to 20 of just song ideas, and I just call them song idea. And every once in a while, I go back to you. I'm like, oh, that is such a good riff. Maybe I'll find a use for it someday. It's it's the same same methodology, yeah. you know? If you just keep it in the back pocket, because you never know when you're going to come back to it. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you can't find a use for it right now, it'll, it'll come back around at some yeah. point. For sure. If you write things down. Yeah, he doesn't write things down. <laughs> um, the worst He'll just call down. people and then ramble for like an hour. And he's like, oh. At least I you started really recording them. That was a step in the yes. right direction. I was yeah. like, okay, at least it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> you need a personal yeah. assistant. That's what you need, a personal <laughs> assistant like who listens and like creates transcripts. Yeah. I need an AI. Yes. I need an AI assistant, like a thing I can Probably wear. out there already. Thing you can wear? wear? <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? There actually is this thing that someone showed me that's a, it's a button. It looks like a button. It's a, basically like a pin. A You're going to install you a button on yourself? It's made by one of the first guys who made the iPhone. Okay. Why do you keep bringing up the iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> He's very fixated. No, that's, a, that's just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Technological revolution, the iPhone. <laughs> but it's an AI. It's an AI assistant. Okay. But it, you wear it, and then you can you can talk to it, and it's like, um, it uses T-Mobile as a, as a T-Mobile plan or something. Oh, my mom is <laughs> calling me. You're not selling this well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, this, it's like this thing you can wear, and it's like this little AI tool, and it's it's multiple AIs, actually. It's like three different AIs, and you can, um, <laughs> I'm not making this up. That sounds so fake. <laughs> it's really hard to say. It looks really weird. It's like $800. Multiple AIs. What does that fucking mean? <laughs> Well, you can ask it things. You can tell it to record. There's different like AI models. There's different AI models, and it learns. <laughs> it's like having Jarvis, but you wear it. Like a, it's like a pin. <laughs> you wear it like a pin. It's like a thing you clip. This guy's fucking right. Tony Stark. He's gonna put it like right well, in the middle of his chest. All, well, my point was to have something that I need to have on me, so that yeah. when I think of something, I could just ramble. I could just talk out loud. And, I mean, if Siri were better, you could yeah, use Siri. Siri was better. I need something in the shower. I need something like thing in the shower that like, sometimes you, you i mean you texted me before at like 4 a.m in a cold sweat with a with an idea or a solution with to whatever idea we're, or a solution to whatever we were trying to work through yeah i'll wake up with it oh, wow. 
randomly and just like, I got it. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just, I just Well, that's the way you work. I mean, I feel like you get hyper fixated on a thing to like, to solve it, you know, like you have to put all your energy into it and you did, you do wind up coming up with something. But like it like fucks up your life, <laughs> so that's like the trade off. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the trade off is like you can't eat or sleep, or function like any or other function, normal, or talk being. to anyone without getting angry. <laughs> right. <laughs> until it, until it's done. Until it's done. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's like a self self destruction <laughs> kind of thing for the sake of uh, neglects all else but the film. I've thought about getting so a couple times recently. I've needed. That little moment that I take sometimes to shut off my phone. I've told you about this before. I should thought about getting, like, doing that more often and getting in, like, an emergency phone to tell, like... Because that's the only thing I worry about if, like, if like I turn my phone off for an extended period of time. Like, if my mom would reach me if there was an emergency or something like that. I don't know. You ever would think you something like that? Would you consider doing... Um like one of the modes and then only allowing certain people. For some reason, it's not the same. There's something different. I don't know why. When you turn it off, it's it's like off. Yeah, easier yeah. to it's put just, aside and not think about yeah. when it's off, off. It's a weird feeling that like it's very therapeutic sometimes. And I was really stressed out maybe a couple of weeks ago about, about something. I couldn't remember what it was. But then I turned it off and I was like, I wish I would. I would just feel bad if I missed like that call that something happened, you know? Um, so you can't do it for too long, I feel like. But I was like, dude, at this point, I would even just get another fucking line. I'd just, like, have only my main family have that have that number, mm-hmm. you know? Like a flip phone, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got a burner. <laughs> so if something happened terribly amongst your friends, we would not be able to reach you? No. Sick. <laughs> yeah, we don't count. We don't count. I'm definitely I'll not giving that, Mike that I'll get that, that. I'll get that number. I want to. I'm gonna. <laughs> but like he's not answering. I need to tell him about this movie idea. I will call. <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. That's not what this number is for. It's an emergency idea. You need to hear it now because I'm gonna forget it. Because <laughs> I don't write shit down. I, oh, I I keep like fucking things up when I'm on the phone with you. Like oh, she went the wrong way. The I, was other tra- day. I was driving into New York oh, and no. I was we were talking. So I was distracted and then I went the wrong way and it added like 15 extra minutes to my travel time. And then one time I was cooking, I didn't even tell you this, I was cooking in the middle of cooking and I realized after we'd hung up, I fucked something up because I forgot a whole step because we were talking. Yeah, I was like, dude. I can't talk on the phone when I'm like doing these things. That's anymore. multitasking. You always think you can multitask. You fucking no, can't. I can't. I'd like to do a game between you guys, okay. between you two. I'd like to like moderate a game between. I kind of want to do like the newlywed game. Do you guys have like? Can you like have an app where you can draw on your phones by any chance? You can do that in notes. Ma- maybe on notes. Can we do that real draw. quick? Can you guys both heat up your phone real quick? I've never done heat that. Heat it up. I gotta boot it up, Chris. I don't have to because I have the iPhone 13. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, so the way it works. I changed my thickness. You got something you can write with? Um, <laughs> He's not what, really how did you, savvy. Right, good, right. You're right. How'd you, wh- which one is that? Oh, put your phone on this, the, like, on the lowest brightness, too. Lowest brightness, okay. Right, I got it. I got it working. Okay, you got it working? Okay, we're going to start with Natalie. Let's see if she can get a point here. Um, we're going to ask you what Mike's worst habit is. 
and, and you, it has to match you have to guess and it has to match what he said you have oh, to know you have to, read it? Yeah, yeah yeah you have to know what your worst habit is or i guess what she would guess Actually, I think I'm you're supposed to do sideways. what you think your worst habit is. Yeah. Is that a new, like, I have to do what I yeah, think. Yeah, you have to do your own, and then yeah. if they match. Yeah. <laughs> we went through a couple of them in this show. There's just so many to choose And let me know when you guys think you have your answers here. I don't even know if this is a habit. <laughs> so, oh, God, here we go. Okay. <laughs> right, I got mine. I don't think this is a habit, though. Okay, show yours first, Natalie. Show the camera. I can't see. Hyperfixation. Hyperfixation on, on movies. On films. On films. Okay. Yeah, is that a habit? It's a tendency. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta get in the mic. Rambling. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a good one. I mean, they go together, but. That's a good one. All right, no points awarded. Mike, your turn. What is their pet name for you? So what is Natalie's pet name for you? Oh, okay. Let's see if we can get one here. Done. All right. Uh, I go first, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're presenting. Miku. 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 Miku! Hey! <laughs> Points of words. Heck yeah. We well done. All right, we're going to try and get to five here. <laughs> Natalie. Uh, ooh. Uh -oh. what, is, <laughs> what, is, what is Mike's favorite thing about you? He doesn't often compliment me, so I don't really... <laughs> That's tough. That'll be tough, then. This is going to be a tough one, yeah. <laughs> what was the question? My, I don't remember. <laughs> What's your... Uh, favorite. <laughs> I this yeah, what's your favorite thing about Natalie? Who goes first? Uh, Natalie goes first. I put my creative feedback. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. A real collaboration. Oh, oh I'll give that to you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yay. I just generalized it. Mike, what is the one thing that you and Natalie are most likely to argue about? <laughs> are most likely to argue about? Or yeah. more? Say it again. What is the thing that you and Natalie are most likely to argue about? Okay. If you're having an argument, what is it most likely about? <laughs> okay, Mike looks like he's done, Natalie. No, I, no yeah. that was not a look of done. Oh, really? That was a look of... Uh, Confusion? <laughs> trying to put it into a Oh, word. okay. Trying to, I'm trying to put it like, into a single word. Who goes first, me? Uh, who did I ask? I, I think, think, I think it's your turn, yeah. Personal space, time, slash boundaries. Time! Oh! <laughs> yeah, like, whether it's on movie sets or trying to hang out, and I'm like, yeah. I need a fucking break. And I'm like, why? Yeah, and he's like, no, let's <laughs> do stuff right now. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, that was good. That was good. All right, let's see if you guys can get this one. This is going to be an interesting one. Natalie, yeah. can you guess how, like... <laughs> Likes his eggs. <laughs> oh. Let's see. We take a wild guess here. Okay. <laughs> Alright, you have your answer, Natalie? Over easy? Over, Over easy. easy? Oh, none? No, scrambled. Scrambled. Oh! That was gonna be my I've, second. I've told, I've told you that I make really good scrambled eggs. 
I don't remember. See, you guys are like a real car. I've told you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to you, Mike, right? Okay. Who would win between the two of you in a game of Monopoly? Jesus, fuck. Hmm. You, you kind of got a 50-50 shot here. Well, I mean, yeah. Kind of? Right, because it's only it's either me or Hertz. Right. So you're agreeing with so me. Ma- mathematically, yeah. You're right. I don't know. Is she making fun of me? I don't know. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to like... Just trying to fill the dead air. <laughs> a lot of waiting in this game. All right, Mike, who would win? I hope I spelled her name right. <laughs> Natalie. I have a Mike. Oh my god! Because you guys I don't, don't care. care? What the fuck kind of answer is that? I would not have the stamina to actually finish a game of Monopoly. I would wow. lose interest in board so games very known easily. That. You should have known that, Mike. He likes board games way more than I like board games. I think we've got three wrong, though, right? I haven't been keeping track. Yeah, we've track. not had a really great track so record. We, we, uh, we did get three wrong. I think we, we got two. So this is six, so you got to get two out of the next four, right? Ooh, or or we get divorced. <laughs> or you have We're to We're not leave. friends anymore. Yeah. So, Natalie. Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what, what is the thing that Mike is likely, likely to end up in jail for? Interesting. <laughs> he already knows. That's weird uh, that he already knows. I know, I know. Uh, Embezzling. <laughs> oh, I don't know what this is called. <laughs> You're going to jail for something she can't even spell, Mike. <laughs> no, I just don't even know what the... Oh, oh, you don't know what it's called? Yeah. Um. Oh, shit. Oh, this. <laughs> oh, oh, this. <laughs> I don't know what it's oh, called. Yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. I was trying to think of the phrase. Okay. Okay, my turn. Uh, Did you like, ask this? Oh. Like, public disturbance. Like, I feel like he would cause public disturbance. <laughs> oh, my God. He'd be, like, doing some sort of improv thing and then get yeah. so into the character that it becomes, like, unruly. That's not a bad one. Mine was more, like... Like, like actually like criminal actually <laughs> weapons on a film set. Oh, three more. You need two out of the next three. All right, let's see if I can give you one here, Mike. What is Natalie's biggest fear? Nice. Many fears. Well, it's not death. I'll tell you that. No, it's not. She wants to die. The the idea of it does not bother me. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's like her biggest fear, but I think it's one of the things that she fears. All right, you can do. I'll give you a couple if you write down <laughs> one or two. Oh, one or okay. I feel like a slap. Or a, yeah, yeah, like a slash. I will just go with my. Wife. All right, all right, all right, Mike. What do you think? Snakes. Snakes and clowns. Indiana Jones. It's snakes, it's snakes and clowns. It's, but it's not snakes and clowns because you wrote snakes. And clowns. I feel like you can't even do a slash with that one. I don't end. mind snakes. No, what'd you put? Clowns, in? I am afraid of, but the complacency slash being unfulfilled. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You need two of the next two. <laughs> All right, Natalie. Ooh, okay. Who said I love you first, Natalie? 
Are we doing open the yeah. doors? Oh, well, yeah. That's obvious. Okay. <laughs> N- uh, Nelly? Mike. Mike. Yep. Yay! <laughs> All right. It comes down to the last question. It comes down to the very last question. We either win Is it spiders? No. Is there a bug you're afraid of? No. Uh, the thousand, like when those thousand legger things get really meaty, it's like a visceral reaction. That's not I what have I'm to kill of. them. All right. Okay. I got to get a good one here. One second. I do hate clowns, though. I know you hate clowns. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty chill with most of the stuff. I think I was, I, I did for a second cross my mind becoming nothing, which would have went along with yeah, what you said. Like amounting to nothing, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if you guys remember. Whose crit turn is it? Mike and Alice. Mine. His. Mike. What is the first movie you and Alice saw together? Oh, shit. Saw. Oh. I could specify if you want. No, do you, want me, to, do you want me to say, like, say in theaters together? Would that be? Oh, in that, theaters would be more specific. That's easier. Is that easier? Is that easier? I can think of one, but it's got to be the first one. Go with your gut. So this one's not in theaters, though. The first one. I don't know. Well, see, that's why it's it's one of these two. Can I put your, put you two? can put two. You can put two. I'm a very lenient yeah. game host. They would, I would I would not be hired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, break the rules. I don't give a yeah, shit. <laughs> I'll get a paycheck anyway. <laughs> it's my turn. Well, in theaters yeah, we saw Eighth Grade, and then uh, uh, then we also watched Quiet Place. I put a Quiet Place. Hey, we'll give it to you. I don't, I don't know which came first. Quiet Place was definitely not in theaters. So no, 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 it wasn't in theaters. theaters. Yeah. yeah. I forgot we saw that. You're the newlyweds. Wow. You know each other like pretty o- sort o- of okay. okay. Sort of okay. <laughs> I, can't like I think that's what we learned together. I thought that would be appropriate to end on a movie question. Yeah, I like that. That was fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> Nelly's over here. The heat death of the universe. And Jack is like, I thought you really hated those slippery things. <laughs> There's something slippery you don't like. Which one is it? <laughs> All right, it's in the clouds. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Put it together. All right, I think that's going to do it for us today, folks. Uh, until you make it. Um, no, you should come on again. This was fun. I would love to. We, we got to have some, I think we should do some repeat guests every now and again. Have Josh back on. Anson wants to do another show. Oh, really? And, cool. um, yeah. So maybe we'll do that again soon. But, uh, until, what's, what's like, what's like one, one piece of advice you could give? What's like your life advice? What have you learned so far in life? I would say do what makes you feel most like you. And surround yourself with people who make you feel most like you. Because I've done things that I've not really enjoyed or thought I would and didn't and, and stuck around in those things for too long. And that's just a waste of time. And then I've been around people that I just don't feel like my most authentic self. And honestly, it's exhausting. That's one of the reasons I like you guys so much is because I can be myself. I can be weird. You guys won't judge me. And it's a safe space to kind of just express myself. And that it makes all the difference. The energy I get off of that kind of environment is so much better than being around people who just aren't your people damn well done that was very genuine natalie mike we will touch base next time okay thank um, god yeah you have some time to think of it yeah (laughs) maybe when we end this show i don't have (laughs) i don't have advice hey guys it's chris again i want to try something new for the end of our shows i know some podcasts that i listen to like to do kind of like a fan mail or a listener mail type thing So if you have a question or a comment, head on over to heliumturtle.com 
send us a message, and maybe you will get on the air of the next show. And it never hurts to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. In fact, it only helps make the show grow into a beautiful flower. So (laughs) I think that's going to be really fun. I hope you guys do too. And we'll catch you next time on Until You Make It.